Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you all. Have you guys finished your Christmas shopping? You have? That's good. You guys have any plans after service? Any plans? Christmas Eve. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be long. It's going to be a short service, so don't, don't worry. You get, you get to go home and cook and prepare for tomorrow. Uh, God is good. Amen? Amen. A quick testimony. Some time ago, Pastor Maurice prayed for my knee, and my knee was bothering me for some time where if I sat down on an airplane or if I sat down in a tight space, after a while, I feel this like excruciating pain where I have to stretch my leg. So since he prayed for me, my knee has been healed. Now, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Not 100%, but gradually it's been getting better and better. So when, it, when I tried to deadlift, I would feel the pain, but now I can deadlift, now I can squat without no pain. So thank God for that. So I just want to encourage you, if you have a pain in your body, please ask uh, one of the pastors to pray for you or ask somebody in the church. The anointing doesn't just fall on the pastors, it falls on the entire church. There's some of us who function and flow in the gift of healing. So I want to encourage you guys, if, you talk, if you're talking to your friends after service, can you stand in agreement and pray for me? If you're talking to one of us, just ask us to pray for you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're here to, we're here to uh, 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 celebrate Jesus. We started our month with celebration. And we, don't, we didn't start the month with celebration because it's, it's all about celebrating, but we felt by the Holy Spirit, God wanted the church to be in a state of mind of celebration. If you study it out carefully, you'll find that the art or the practice of celebrating, it brings, what can I call this? For the mind or for the soul, it brings a type of healing, a type of encouragement. It, it, it actually boosts self-esteem. So God wants his people to celebrate because you're living in a world where depression is kicking in. People are having suicidal thoughts. People are stressed out about life. You know, people tend to put pressure on themselves if they're not moving in a particular direction. And God is saying, relax, be in a mode of celebration. I love this scripture, right? It says, rejoice always and give thanks for this is the will of God. And I begin to say, why is that the will of God? Because God is saying there's so much to be thankful for. Amen. Like the Bible talks about how our spirit, eternal life, is being renewed day by day. The Bible talks about how he has crowned a year with goodness and favor. So while others may be going through some things for the church, the church should always be celebrating, always giving thanks because he has crowned the with goodness and favor. Amen. We are in covenant with him, meaning that God now has to help us. God's not going to leave us by the side or look past us. The Bible says that in the old covenant that there were many widows in the days of Elijah. Many widows, but no one got a visitation except for this one widow. So there was a time where God was not obligated to help. The whole world is only obligated to help the Jewish people because of the covenant. But now because of Jesus Christ, who we're celebrating, everyone is qualified to receive help. The Bible says um, when he came to the shepherds, the angel talking about Jesus birth, uh, uh, Jesus had been born. And the Bible says that an angel had appeared to the shepherds and he said, peace and goodwill to all people. He didn't say to some people. He didn't say to the people in the Middle East. He didn't say to the people who live in Africa. He didn't say to the people who are rich, the people who are poor. He said to all people. There's a belief sometimes that Jesus Christ is only for poor people. No, Jesus Christ is for everyone. If you study the Bible, it's talking about his birth. The Bible says that the shepherds visited him and the wise men visited him. The wise men were men of wealth. 
the uh, shepherds, well, men, well, we may consider them lower class or they may not have been a prominent in society at that time. But it showed you the two type of people came to him, people of prominence and people of low status, meaning that God, Jesus Christ is for everyone. Amen. Amen. So praise God for his free gift. The Bible talks about that the free gift is not like the first offense that Adam did. Adam sinned. And it brought an offense and it brought death. But now the free gift, which is Jesus Christ, has come, had brought salvation, had brought peace, had brought mercy to all men. Amen. And this is why I'm emphasizing this, because this is why we're staying in an art of celebration. And we stay in this art or state of mind celebration. The world comes and say, why are you so happy? Why are you always giving thanks? There's something good about you. I like how you are. What's going on with you? And we begin to give them a reason for our hope that Jesus Christ has died for us and forgiven us of our sins. Amen? Amen. So we're celebrating his birth. Now, just to be clear, Christmas, uh, the word Christmas comes from the word, or it can mean Christ's mass or the mass of Christ. I know the world has taken it and turned it into a thing of profit. Uh, they made it about Christmas, tree, Christmas trees and candy. It, anything that the church does, the world wants to twist it. They, we gave them Resurrection Sunday. Now they want to make it about bunnies, right? Amen. Anything that God gives the world, they want to take it and twist into something else. But Christmas is all about celebrating Jesus' birth. That's what it's about. And I thank God that every year we get to emphasize the birth because we're, basically when we do that, we're saying good news. God has come into the world. My first point, like I said, I'm not going to be long. My first point I want to bring out to you. I'm sorry, can I borrow your phone? Thank you. Um, normally I would take, I would use my notes, but because, um, my phone is, is being, is used to be, it's used to record the message. I cannot um, do that. Uh, okay, here we go. Okay. So the first point I want to bring out to you is that we're going to celebrate God's gift. Now the birth of Jesus Christ is very significant. Why? Because as believers, we believe God came into the flesh, which is very important to realize. Why? Because if you study spiritual matters, no spirit can dwell in a human body without the participation of another spirit. Meaning this, right? You see people who are demon possessed. A demon can't just possess a body unless there's a human spirit there. I'm bringing this out because what God did was significant. He came in flesh and he dwelt in a body by himself. He wasn't sharing with anybody else. It was his spirit inside that body. The Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit came over Mary and entered into her. And when she was born through the womb, what I like to call the portal of the womb, because no spirit can dwell here unless you have a human body. No spirit can just hang out, change things and do things. They can influence people, but they can't just dwell here. So what God did was significant. He came by himself in a human body and he lived amongst men. So the birth of Jesus Christ is significant. And for that matter, the birth of anybody usually is significant. This is why we have so much abortions. This is why we have so much going on where Satan is trying to stop the birth of people because he understands that in order for things to take place, somebody has to be born and through that things are accomplished. So God was born in human flesh and accomplished the greatest thing in the world. And the Bible talks about how when he was born, he was celebrated with gifts. He was celebrated with praise. He was celebrated with worship. Why? Because God is bringing a new dynamic. 
God is now changing the way he does things and he's bringing salvation. Most importantly, he's bringing forgiveness of sins. He's bringing justification. He's bringing sanctification. These are terms we've been hearing all throughout the year, but God wants us to emphasize is that the world has been declared no longer guilty. The world has been declared free. The world has been declared sanctified if they believe and receive the free gift of Jesus Christ. So they were celebrating him because they understood that God is doing something he's never done before. He's dwelling in the flesh and he's going to walk amongst his people and he's going to die for his people. This tells us that sin is so grave. God was saying that this, I'm the only one who can fix this problem. No amount of sacrifice is going to fix it. I'm the one that's going to have to be the ultimate sacrifice to die for the human race. And without me, there is no justification or redemption. You find that human beings are always trying to fix things themselves. You find Eve was trying to fix things herself and she messed things up. She thought that a tree can make her wise. And look what happened to the world after that. And God is saying, you cannot do it without me. And I want you to, the Lord is saying, I want you to celebrate who I am and what I've done because I really changed the way I saw you. I've changed the way I'm dealing with you. And forevermore, there's going to be peace and goodwill to all people. That means that includes your generations. That includes your friends and family. That includes the dictators. That includes the rapists. That includes the, so, the quote unquote man who says he's good. I'm a good person. God is saying, whoever you are, peace and goodwill, sanctification to all. And we're celebrating that, and that's why we're giving thanks continually. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that now when he was born, which is very significant, is that Herod tried to, um, Herod was looking for him. And we find out later that because the wise men, the wise men did not reveal his location, King Herod got upset and he killed everyone. Now, why would he kill everyone? He didn't really understand who Jesus was. He didn't understand why Jesus was here. But he understood that a king is now coming into his domain because of the prophetic word that there's now a king born to the Jews. So he hears of this and he says, wait a minute, there's a king born to the Jews? Find me this child. I'm going to worship him, but he wants to kill the child. Why? Because he understood now that there's a possibility that my kingdom will be taken from me. My kingdom will be uprooted from me. And herein we find the reason why we get attacked so much. Because we are heirs of God, we're born again. Satan understands that we are a threat to his kingdom. We are the one that's going to set the people free. I mean, through Jesus Christ, of course. We're the ones that are going to help people. So Satan wants to frustrate you, attack you, deceive you, uh, uh, do whatever he can to, to, to annoy you because he understands the reason for your born-again experience, the reason why you're a child of God. He understands your reason, the purpose for you being here. And sometimes we wonder why, why, why? The reason being is that you are a threat to his kingdom, but the good news is this, that we have authority and power over the enemy. Amen? Amen? Because of the birth of Jesus Christ. Not just the birth but the, the death, not just the death, but the resurrection. Paul made a powerful statement. He said, if Jesus had not risen from the dead, then we're still in our sins. And if we're still in our sins, we are the worst of all men. We're, worst of all, we're, we're wasting our time. We sound ignorant. We sound stupid. And all of this is in vain. But Jesus Christ rose from the dead to declare that we are justified. So we're not just celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, we also celebrate his, res his resurrection because through his resurrection, we we've been declared justified. 
We've been declared sanct- I like I like what the scripture says. It goes in order. Uh, oh, man, I wish I, where's the scripture at? I have it in my notes. It's in the book of Romans. I'll, I'll quote it to you. It goes, but it go- I remember what it says. It says, um, it talks about uh, salvation, sanctified, justified. It goes in that order. First, God saved you from your sins. Then he sanctifies you. No, first God cleansed you from your sins. He saved you from your sins. Then it says sanctified. He, he declares you're set apart. You're holy. You're different. Then the Bible says, okay, now that I've seen you, you're now justified. You're no longer guilty. You're no longer condemned to death. You're no longer condemned to spiritual death. Now, we, we say we hear this all the time, but... The Bible says that those who receive the gift of righteousness reign in this life. The reason why I'm emphasizing this is because God wants us to know because you've been cleansed, because you've been sanctified, because you've been justified, you have been given the authority and the power to reign in this life. You've given the power and authority to break the shackles of evil, to break the shackles of depression, to break all the power of the enemy and to set people free. So this is why we're constantly or we're always in a state of celebration. Because when you see people going through what they're going through, it reminds you how important we are and how, we, how significant we are to this world. Amen? So I want to encourage you to start there celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. The next thing we're going to celebrate, which I love so much, the Lord's been dealing with me about this, and I really want you, what I'm about to say I want you to really listen to this carefully and take it to heart. We're celebrating that we are born again. We're celebrating. I remember when I first got born again, when I first gave my life to Christ, Pastor Reese used to laugh at me because I would tell people I'm a born again Christian. Because the way I said it, I made it, I, I came across like I'm, some, I'm a creature or some type of different prototype, you know, at that time. The way I made it, I made it but it's, it's true though. But we're celebrating that we're born again. Now to be born again means that you have a new spirit inside of you. To be born again means that you are a new creation. Now here's the, the good part about this. To be born again means that the old you has passed away. The dead spirit that was inside you, God has taken it away. Now he did not put it to the side. The Bible actually said that through believing him, you have died to sin. So that old Jew is dead to sin, and now you are a new created spirit. So what's inside of you now is a new man. Now what's powerful about this is that this new man has never been created before. One, because it's a new spirit that is cleansed, sanctified, justified, holy. But secondly, it's now a spirit that had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The reason why this is also significant because he said in a, in a previous chapter, verse 16, it said the old, it says that we now from now on regard no one according to the flesh. So when we see each other, I don't see Pastor Fabian. I don't see a wife. I see well, I see a wife, but what the scripture is saying is that don't just see that, but see this, a recreated spirit, a born-again spirit, a daughter of God. So someone will say, Well, if someone is living in sin, do we still call them that? Well, yes, we do. Because the Bible says that, the Bible says in, uh, verse, uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that it, it goes and lists all these things that the people are, are, are or they, it goes and lists all these things that people are identified as. And Paul made this statement, such were some of you. 
but you've been washed, sanctified, justified. So now that we, we, we're, we're sanctified, justified, we are now new created spirits. We're now born again. This is, this is why we get to reign in this life. We're not walking around dead, but we're walking around with, with the Bible calls it eternal life. We now have eternal life living inside of us. And because we have that eternal life, we are to be known as the ones who are eternal life and have eternal life. Now, I say who are. I'm not saying uh, I, want, I don't want to trip you up. I know we know Jesus is eternal life, but we're talking about your recreated spirit now that this is how you are to know yourself. And this is how we are to know each other. This is so freeing because now if I make a mistake, if I made a mistake last night, that mistake does not dictate who I am. Amen. Now, it, I'm not saying this so we can have freedom to go and sin because some people will hear this and say, well, you know what? Let me live the way I want to live. That's not what the scripture is teaching. The scripture is saying, basically, think about a police officer, right? Once a police officer becomes a police officer, no matter what he does, off duty or on duty, he is a police officer and he cannot change that. I don't care what takes place. If he is caught selling drugs, what happens? This is a corrupt police officer. They won't say this is a corrupt citizen. And neither will they judge him as a citizen. They will judge him as a police officer law, and they're going to come down on him with the book. But why would they do that? Because the world understands the power of identity rooted in authority. You see that? So now, if we know this as human beings of how we should treat police officers, how much more the church... How much more should you see yourself in the mirror and how much more should we see each other? So now we are born again, recreated spirits. Another reason why we need to emphasize is because now when we're tempted, why would I want to do something like that? That's not who I am. Why would I want to live like this? That's not, who, that's not how I've been designed. That's not how I've been made. I'm a new spirit and the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I'm sanctified. I'm holy. So I don't have to live like this. I don't have to be like that. Because this is who I am. And this is something that God wants us to emphasize over and over. The true identity of the believer. Thank God for the 12-step program. But the 12-step program cannot address the spirit. It may address the soul. and maybe touch up on the body a little bit. But it does not address the spirit. I'm working out. I work out. I love to work out. Listen, as much as I work out, it does not edify my spirit at all. I may get stronger. But there's a difference where, I'll give you an example, where Pastor Fabian, she may spend time fasting and praying for hours. She's been doing that this week. And she would hear things. She would see things. God would speak to her. But you have me on the other hand who's working on my body. I'm pumping iron. There's a difference. Why? Because my, that iron that I'm pumping affects my body. But what she's been doing has been affecting her spirit. You see that? And this is so important. why Paul made a statement, um, ex, uh, uh, bodily exercise profits little. But godliness is profitable unto all things. Amen. You get down and you start spending time building up your spirit. You're going to be a powerhouse. And God wants us to celebrate that with new created spirits. And God wants us to not just celebrate it, but take time to. Why do we celebrate? We celebrate to remember. Amen. Is Is that not why we celebrate? We celebrate to remember. So God wants us to celebrate this so it can always be before us because Satan, our enemy, will deceive us. This is how he got Eve tripped up, had God indeed said. And if you do eat eat of this tree, you'll be like him. He lied to her. He deceived her. And I want to encourage you, don't be deceived going forward, but understand that you are a new created spirit. So go ahead and spend time in your word. Go ahead and spend time in prayer. But go ahead, go ahead walking in this world in dominion and authority. And understand this, because you are a new created spirit, 
The world, like I said before, belongs to you now. This is the inheritance that God has given us. This is why Satan attacks us so much, because he understands there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible that says this, that uh, Jesus gave a parable and he said, uh, he said that uh, a vine dresser has leased out his vine or has leased out his garden to some people, to some laborers. The laborers took it, but they did not pay the lease or they did not pay the rent for the, for the uh, garden that they've been leasing. So the vine dresser sent a man to them to collect the rent. They killed that man. Or they beat him. The first one they said they beat. The second one he sent, they beat him again. The third one they beat. Then Jesus said that the vine dresser said, I'm going to send my son. When I send my son, they should respect him. The Bible says when the son goes, the people who are leasing the vine or I mean, leasing the plant, the, um, the, the, uh, the garden says, this is the son. This is the heir. Let us kill him and let's take possession of this uh, um, of this of this land. Why? Satan understands who the inheritance belongs to. You guys ever seen the movie Black Panther? Who remembers Black Panther? What happened when Killmonger killed, um, when Killmonger, he, he thought he killed T'Challa. What's the first thing that took place after that? You guys remember? He took the throne, but do you remember what Okoye did to the daughter and the mother? He, she snatched him out of there. She said, let's go. Because she understood what's next. Because in African culture, the moment you take the throne, we're coming for the children next. We're coming for the heirs. In Liberia, they've gone through so much civil war. Anytime they kill the president or there's a coup, they always come after the family members. We're going to come after anyone who's going to try us for this throne or try us for this kingdom. That's the same thing that's taking place today. Now, it belongs to us. Satan's fighting with us. And he has to give it up. But he, he plays on the ignorance of people. He plays on, you, you don't really know what you have. You don't know who, really know who you are. So I'm going to take advantage of you. I'm going to strike you with sickness and disease. I remember one time, some time ago, I had a dream. And in this dream, I had a, a man and a woman came up to me. They were deep. They were strong. This was years ago. He was strong. The woman was, uh, looked good. She was in shape. They walked up to me and they said, it's time to receive sickness and disease. That's the exact word they said to me. If I was ignorant or if I didn't know better, I would have said, God has sent me a dream and told me it's time to get sick. <laughs> Remember what Pastor Me talked about how we do that, we're actually being hypocrites because God does not send sickness and disease and why get healed if God has sent it to you? So sickness and disease we know does not come from God. But the point I want to bring out is that Satan tried to deceive me. He tried to trick me. Another, another example I want to give to you, I said it before and I want to bring it out just in case anybody struggles with this. There was a time I was having lustful thoughts and I kept saying, God, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep lusting? And the Lord said, there's nothing wrong with you. It's a spirit cast it out and the moment I did that I had victory over the thing and I had more understanding I see what's happening here my emotions or I'm being tricked to think that my emotions or what I'm feeling are coming from me but as a new created spirit as a born-again spirit I'm not my emotions neither am I ruled by what I'm feeling but I'm ruled what God has declared about me that's why Pastor Mary told us last week we are perfected forever when God sees you he sees perfection he sees holiness Amen. he sees beauty yes. he sees a son he sees a daughter this is why I had a dream some years ago and I want to bring this out to you. I had a dream when I was living in the, uh, uh, the basement of Pastor Ernst's house right before I was about to marry Pastor Fabian. And, I was just, and as I dreamt, um, I saw, I saw the, uh, the rap artist or the, the billionaire mogul. I saw Jay-Z laying down. I saw him in this dream. And I heard this voice. It was the Holy Spirit. He said, take this away. Take all that away. He said, take everything away from him. And he laid there. 
um, he, was, um, he, he probably had some underwear on. He laid there, and the Lord said, now, what do you see? And he responded, just another man who needs to be saved. Wow. Awesome. I bring it out because God is saying that behind flesh, this was really there. And for the born-again believer, behind our flesh is our recreated spirit, our born-again spirit. And I love it because the Bible says that now God speaks to your recreated spirit. So now you can understand and know what God is saying. The scriptures also said that that recreated spirit has a spiritual mind that is cleansed, but also it has the mind of Christ. So now we can even more so know the thoughts of God, the feelings of God. This is why when you go places, you may feel something, you may feel to pray for someone, or you may feel to do this, or you may feel to give that. That is your spirit picking up what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Because you have a recreated spirit. And this is so good to know because it, makes, it, it gives more understanding that you truly are not alone. And truly God's spirit is guiding and helping your spirit man. Now, what needs to happen is you just have to come in line with your spirit, man. You have to see yourself as a recreated spirit. You have to see yourself as a born-again believer. You cannot see yourself as the world. So what's happening to them, I cannot expect it to happen to me. Yeah, people, uh, we see this economic turmoil and this, this is happening, that's happening, but that is not my expectation. Neither is it for me because I'm a recreated spirit in Christ. Amen. So I have a right to reign and I have the authority to reign. Now, I've been, I've been walking the street more and more uh, 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 as I see violence taking place happening. I'm saying whatever's taking place is not going to happen to me. Amen. No one's going to touch me. No one has any right to my body because I'm a born again spirit, because I'm a recreated spirit, because I'm, I, I have the spirit of God living inside of me. And I want to encourage you to celebrate that on and on and on. Because the more you do that, you're going to walk in victory. The more you do that, you're going to experience and see things. You're going to, you're going to be in tune with what God is saying. The more you do that, you are going to experience the life you desire to live. Amen. The last thing I want to bring out to you about what we're celebrating is we are celebrating. We're going to celebrate our inheritance. We're celebrating our inheritance. If you, I, I did real, real estate for some time. And let me tell you something. The reason why we celebrate this is because inheritance comes from God. The idea of inheritance is, the Bible says that every good gift and perfect gift comes from the Father above. You know, we say that scripture a lot, but do we really understand what the good and perfect gifts are? I believe, there, I believe marriage is a good and perfect gift. I believe friendships are good and perfect gifts. It all depends on how you use them. But I believe the idea of inheritance came from the Father. Because if you understand inheritance, what it is, and you understand that sinful man, basically inheritance stops sinful man from taking things from you. The Bible says that uh, Ahab was in the, Ahab as a king was married to Jezebel, and there was a man who had a, uh, who had a vineyard next to his, uh, his palace or next to his home. Ahab goes to the man and says, sell me your vineyard. And the man said, I can't do that. It's the inheritance of my fathers. The Bible said Ahab left and he was displeased. He was depressed. Jezebel comes in and says, don't worry about it. We'll get your, your, uh, you, you, we'll get your, we'll get the vine, we'll get the, uh, the, uh, the garden for you. Long story short, they conspire. They kill the man and Ahab takes the inheritance from him. I'm bringing that scripture out because that's what would take place if we did not have inheritances. Mankind would just take things in real estate. You'd be surprised how many people are tricked and deceived into selling their homes. 
How many people are vying for each, each other's home and land and property? You'd be surprised how many people are trying to take things from other people. And this idea of inheritances, or this idea of, an, of the inheritance, God is saying is a good and perfect gift that I've given to you, and it needs to be celebrated. Now, we know that there's a, there's a physical and there's a spiritual. Along with the spirit, we believe that wisdom is an inheritance that's been given to us. We believe that salvation, we believe that all things, the Bible talks about every good um, no, the Bible says that every spiritual blessing has been given to us. So every blessing that's of the spirit is already ours. We're not working for it. We're not fighting for it. We're not. There's no, therefore, if it's ours, we don't need to be jealous. We don't need to be envious. We don't need to feel bad because this one operates function or, or, or functions differently from ours. We know that we have this and it comes from the father. And because it comes from the Father and given to us, it's ours forever. One thing I like about the Father, the Bible says that he does not, the Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. The principle is this, is that when God gives, he's not taking it away from you. And when God gives you, he's protecting you and covering you that it will not be taken away from you. Amen. And God wants us to celebrate that inheritance. Celebrate the inheritances of wisdom. Celebrate the inheritance of power. Celebrate the inheritance of glory and of honor. You are glorified. You are honored. You are one to be looked up to. You are one held in high esteem. Amen. These are all the things that you have inherited by becoming born again, by, be, by being a new creation. I'm saying this because as you go forward, there's no reason for you to feel down and out or to be worried about anything. Yes, there's no reason for you to walk with your head down. There's no reason to be sad about life. Life is good, and you are, the inherit you are the inheritor of good life. I was listening to John Maxwell. He said something powerful. He said, we're developing our leadership skills because you deserve to be a great leader. Amen. You deserve to be a great leader. So that in the same way, you deserve to walk in power. You deserve to walk in victory. Some people will tell you that if you're not living right, you're not gonna, you, this doesn't belong to you. And it's not true. Now, we do know living right may add to it, but the reality is that whether you live right or not, you're already powerful. Whether you live right or not, you already, this is something that's already been given to you. It's not something that you're working for. It's not something that you have to do. It's something that God's already giving to you. And once you walk in that inheritance, like I was talking to Pastor Reese about my mother's home, and he was telling me, yo, you know, you got to set things up. And I said, yeah, it's true. But you know, in New York City, there's a law where you can't just sell the house unless the children are involved. Once, if the parents have passed away, you can't just go and sell the house. Once there's people alive who are inherit, inherit that house, by law, you have to go through those people to get this house sold. I'm saying that because it's the same thing with the kingdom. This is why Satan has to lie, deceive, and trick so you will not receive the things of God. So you're not, or rather not receive them, but rather you will not walk in ownership of them. And God wants us going forward to celebrate the inheritances that he has given us through Christ Jesus. Amen? There's three things I said here. We're celebrating... The free gift of, of Christ, right? Christ is a free gift. And through Christ, the world has been sanctified. The world has been, uh, the world has been cleansed, uh, sanctified, and justified. We're celebrating that we are new created spirits, that we are born again. And we are celebrating that we have an inheritance that comes from Christ. It's a simple message, but I, I tell you this. If you take time to meditate on what I said to you, you take time to think upon these things, you will see how it will affect your mindset going forward. Yeah. You'll see what it'll do for you going forward. Amen. Let us bow our heads. We're going to conclude with the service. Father, thank you for your people in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Thank you so much, Father, for the free gift of Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you praise. We worship you. Listen, why don't you guys give thanks with me? Thank you, Father. I'm not the only one that received a free gift. We all received one. Thank you, Father, for the free gifts. And thank you, Lord God, that the gifts are abounding profusely, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we bless you and we praise you and we give you honor. We exalt you and we magnify you, Jesus. Thank you so much for the free gift of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for the anointing and the power of God. Thank you for the gift of prophecy, the gifts of healing the gift of righteousness, the gift of eternal life. Thank you so much for the gifts that you have given us, Lord God. We bless you, we praise you, and we worship you, Father God. Lord God, this Christmas season, Lord God, we pray that you'll bring to remembrance, Father, things that you have given to your people, that they'll remember these things, that they'll walk in a mind, or, or walk in a mindset of, of gratitude, of thanksgiving, and of honor to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord God, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your people, Father God, will not believe the lies of the enemy, Father God, but they'll believe the truth of the word of God. Father, continue to show yourself strong to your people, and continue, Father God, to open their eyes to see wonderful things from your word, wonderful things from the things you are saying, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blessing that's upon your people, and thank you for the free gift of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for another Christmas season, another Christmas day, and thank you for the year 2024. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I'm going to uh, transition. Um, I'm yeah, sorry, excuse me. Yes, I'm going to transition over to, I, I thought it was going to be a short service. It's Christmas Eve. You know, next year, we're believing God for uh, bigger and better so that we can function and do more things. Amen. And uh, uh, I just want to, as I close, as I, as I step away, I just want to encourage you, please uh, uh, continue to keep us in prayer. Continue to have your church in high regard. Satan, um, you'll be surprised how many strong believers are falling away into deception. You'll be very surprised. You'll be shocked how many people are falling into deception and lies. So I want to encourage you, do not allow Satan to lie to you about your church, but keep your church in high regard. Praying for your church, serving your church, and being a blessing to your church. Amen. And we believe in God. 2024 is going to be even bigger and better. Amen. So uh, just, just keep that in mind to keep your church in high regard. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. 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 God bless you. Welcome, Pastor Sam.